0: Second down and goal from the four. Back to pass off. One right throw. Back corner of the end zone by the pylon. Leaping to and a grab. That is a touchdown. Josh Reynolds. Pressure on Mahomes. finding a pass left side for Tyreek Hill. He's got a touchdown. Kansas
2: City. Patrick Mahomes. A perfect touch pass. And the cheetah says hello to the Monday Night Stage. Second down and eight. Snap back. It's knee high. He collects it. He wants to
1: throw. He's under pressure. He sacks. Ball comes out
0: even and scores! 40-37, Rams, back to throw, Goff, under pressure, he's hit, he's second, pulled away, it's going to be a touchdown, defensive touchdown, Kansas City, it's the Hulk! Mahomes, again, under pressure, crossing pattern, caught by Conley, 5-4-3-2-1, touchdown! Far right, Conley! well protected. Nowhere to go with the football. He escaped pressure to his right. Now launches from the 20.
2: Downfield. Intercepted again at the 28-yard line.
0: LaMarcus Joyner on a night that LA will never forget. The Rams have defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my goodness. It was the game of the year, maybe the game of the decade. Hey, maybe the game of the century, at least in the regular season. Jared Goff threw a 40-yard touchdown pass to Gerald Everett for that go-ahead score with 149 to play. Patrick Mahomes gets two chances uh, in the final minute and change, throws two picks, and the Los Angeles Rams outlast the Kansas City Chiefs 54-51. to oh my goodness, at the Coliseum and Monday Night Football, uh, somehow, some way, Chris Wessling, a game that surpassed the hype. Yeah,
2: I compared it to LeBron James. It's, it's very rare to see something not only... F- at first, it fulfills the hype, and then it surpasses the hype, and it was one of the most hyped regular season games we've ever seen. It ended up being maybe the most entertaining Game I've seen, it's easy to get caught up in prisoner of the moment stuff. But that had I love watching playmakers and that people were making plays. Even the punter is making plays. Johnny, you on showing line.
0: onions. And let me just set the table before we dig into this game. Uh, this is our first of all, it was initially we we're going to say, oh, it's a, good, a nice Thanksgiving preview episode. Then this Monday night game, it was just a, a staring at us saying, talk about it for the podcast. So what are we going to do? We're breaking down Rams Chiefs. Then we're going to go through each of the three Thanksgiving games in a, in a mini pod. So that's what's coming up today Greg what did you take out of Monday night football
3: well just these two coaches who are leading what's been an offensive revolution and a dominance that the league has seen and it goes back to last year's super bowl and they're not the only two teams i think you can look at the saints uh, certainly the patriots what they've done over you know over the last 5 years but to have this sort of matchup and and have it deliver and and the last memory i sort of have of the game is Goff Shaking off what had been a rough fourth quarter on balance. I mean, they had six drives in the fourth quarter, which is an entire game for some teams. And they had a total of 16 yards on four of those drives. Some three and outs, a fumble, some miscommunication, some Sean McVay kind of getting shook a little bit, losing his Mm -hmm. timeouts. Jared Goff being a little shook by the pass rush. They only had 300 yards of offense, uh, 10 minutes left of the game. And him shaking that off and shaking off even what could have been a game-ending interception in the next throw, third and nine, delivering a strike beautifully timed to Brandon Cooks on an out route. And that third and nine helped set up the game winner to Gerald Everett. And I really think Goff does such a great job all season of shaking off bad plays. He's not perfect. But man, when, when it came down to it, he threw a dime and he sort of just has that Ability, I think great quarterbacks have to have to just, you're not going to be perfect, but he's 24 years old. He, He stepped up in the biggest moments.
1: It's a game where you're hoping when these two played that the part for it to meet the hype were to be the stars playing some of their best games of the year. And Tyreek Hill to me, I just, I want him to be the offensive player of the year. I know he can never be the MVP. I think Jared Goff gets thrust back into the MVP conversation for me, no matter what you think Moves of. the head
0: of Gurley, for sure.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, and I know everyone's caught up on the Gurley thing, but this game, to me, it was two coaches, as you said, Greg, Daring each other to be as aggressive as possible. How many deep shots downfield? And it's like, yes, the run game got a little bit lost because you had to keep up. And they're daring the rest of the league outside of the Saints. If you want to be considered viable against us in this year's playoffs or probably going forward in NFL offenses, you've got to start doing this. You can't, we're not just going to resort back to 10-7 to games with run-heavy, Titan-esque offenses from two years ago. This is where we are now.
2: It feels like a turning point, and I think maybe that 2017 season that was boring, filled with controversy, and between the concussion talk and what the president was saying, it felt like we were living in ashes, and now we get this blossoming. Mm. It started with the inflection point of the Super Bowl, and now it feels like this game was like, the, st- the birth of something new like rock and roll. Mm. Like, this was the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. This is Just something. Sugar new. Hill Gang. Yes. Everything that came before doesn't really even matter. We're starting something new. And if you're going to draft defensive tackles and inside linebackers in the top 15 picks of the draft, you're going to be left behind. If you're going to be a defensive coach well, who, unless wants they're to Aaron Donald. S- who wants to sit on the ball, you know, I, I the, meant run stuffing. The one thing about camp, last night, though, the yeah.
1: defensive touchdowns, were massively impactful and changed the course of the game.
0: There is a there's and I believe Kevin Clark of the ringer made the point uh, on Twitter and Twitter was a fun place to be last night. It's a reminder that Twitter can sometimes be a fun thing because it's communal. It raised with its game. A game like this is that maybe defense now is changed in, in the sense that it's no longer about shutting teams down. It's like who can gather the players that can make impact plays like an Aaron Donald uh, like we saw with all these defensive scores because you're just not going to stop anyone anymore. And and I, one, one other thought, uh, Wes, because you're gonna, you're gonna know this name, of course, uh, every great hero, uh, journey in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position, there's a lot of luck that comes with it and every great quarterback and starts in terms of my football fandom with Joe Montana. Uh, they, they have their kind of, they need to get that little Lewis Billups luck. (laughs) Uh, Lewis Bills, of course, dropped the interception uh, before the John Taylor touchdown in Super Bowl 24. Uh, Jared Goff and Orlando Skandrick in this game, it's a totally different ending uh, if if Skandrick makes that play, but sometimes that's just the way football works. you got to get lucky and be good as well.
2: You went in an entirely different direction than I thought. I thought you say every great quarterback needs its offensive guru. Mm. You know, it's Bill Walsh, it's Sean McVay, Andy Reid, and these guys have that. I thought, you know... Move out of the way, defensive coaches, conservative coaches. <laughs> You're being left behind. Move out of the way, people who complained that there was no defense when you had three defensive scores, eight sacks, four forced fumbles. Seven punts. You said the over-under was a, uh,
3: it was a weird
2: game where the score almost was misleading. Defensive player of the year has two strip sacks. Sanson Abukam does something no defensive player has done since the sack stat was invented this game had everything you wanted. Ebicom scored more
3: touchdowns than Kareem Hunt and, and Todd Gurley combined. And it, it <laughs> was, that's the weird thing about it. it the score is almost misleading because there were so many possessions. There were so short possessions. The Rams, the Rams forced five turnovers, so they had 15 possessions. That's almost like double a normal game. I thought the Chiefs defense actually did a fairly good job. They forced the Rams to punt more than they ever do. They took the ball away a couple times. I left the game thinking... Just as much about the Chiefs, or maybe even more about their Super Bowl chances, because they have those defensive playmakers. Chris Jones, Justin Houston. Uh, and D Ford made a bigger impact than the Rams' defensive line. I thought overall the Chiefs' defense limited the Rams better. They didn't force they didn't force as many turnovers. Their cornerbacks they, got scorched. Yeah, they, they're not good in the secondary, uh, but but they forced a lot of points. They they made some turnovers, and I love the contrast between Goff and Mahomes because with Goff you kind of do see that. Joe Montana, you see him hitting in stride. You see the anticipation. Everything is so beautifully done. And Mahomes is like the future. I mean, if the, if this game is the future, we just I haven't seen a guy like him before. And he showed it all off in this I, game with the platforms, with the touch that he throws, with, with the 60-yard bomb, with the anticipation, with
0: everything. And some mistakes, too, but he's, he started 12 games. I think the most exciting play in football right now is when Patrick Mahomes winds up and lets one loose and it just the beauty and the power of the throw and it, you know, it's going to end with something exciting. He is, they are very different quarterbacks, but I, I came out of this game, Mahomes is amazing, and he's and they're going to be set up well, the Chiefs, for years with him. But Goff continues to gain my respect, uh, and the stage, as big as it was, it was such a big stage. Sean McVay maybe got a little bit of a coaching yips at some points, maybe. He's been doing this all year. You can see. They were, I, there, were,
3: they The fact that they blew three timeouts like that, and some for no, no great reason, I didn't, was crazy.
2: I didn't love how they... He's not aggressive in the fourth quarter like people think he is. I didn't love the play
0: calling the with end. the passes at the end. I didn't like that. But my, my point was there were multiple shots... Uh, that ESPN had on the sideline uh, of McVeigh, kind of gathering himself. You could like maybe a little bit of a deep breath, and you could tell like he f- was feeling the moment, which is human and normal. But it just it just reminded you that him, his team, and his quarterback stepped up when it counted.
1: He's also the coach that schemed an incredible game out of Josh Reynolds, and that to me is the Rams. That you lose Cooper Cup, and you can point to other teams and say when you lose a guy like that, it's going to change what you can do. And for the Rams, because of the way that they get their wide receivers open in the way that they scheme offense. Reynolds steps right in and looks to me like Cooper Cup. He looks fantastic. And like the Ram, I, I, the, all this thing about not using Todd Gurley at the end, I get it, but it's like this game asked for something completely different. Well, right. If they ran Todd Gurley, that's just saying
3: we're going to putt. And they, they ran three plays. Let's they were all passes on three carries. No doubt. There's the other side to it, but the, the odds on that and, and they were doing a good job stopping Gurley. And I think they really set up to stop Gurley early in the game. And that's why that's partly why they didn't call many runs, but they, there was only one incomplete pass there. So all it was, was you gave the chiefs one extra timeout and what was going to be a very difficult trip down the field. I love him trying to win the game by getting one first down.
2: Here's the thing. These are two of the top five rushing offenses in the NFL and they're two smart coaches who abandon the run because they know that passing is a more efficient way to move the football.
1: And they were challenged. Uh, I got to ask you about this because the I know this cleat Blakeman all-star crew they put together. <laughs> there were like nine penalties in the first quarter. I think six of them. I'm, I'm, the Chiefs had 13 penalties out of 21, and there were defensive issues with the Chiefs penalty-wise that extended drives over and over, and I don't know if this is... Why did they do this for this one game? Just because of the magnitude of it?
0: I think so. You you kind of want the official... It's a balancing act because you want them to call the game as it should be called, but you also want it to get out of the way. I hated there was a helmet-to-helmet penalty. That was called, a huge miss. That they, uh, that they the announcing that, crew didn't even mentioned that, basically i mean well don't get me started this with this game that. is yeah. too special to waste up talking about that team but like <laughs> uh you want the the official crew to find that balancing act where they're officiating the game and not standing in the way and sometimes they overstep their boundaries well,
3: let's think about the the great games we've had in the nfl this year with these teams 45 35 saints rams
2: i'm not even 40- sure this game was better than that one go back and watch that game and, and watch i was the just for the contrast that it
3: was fun but but you're absolutely right uh what was the Patriots score? 43 to 40. Right. And then this one's 54 to 51. And I think the Steelers can get into a game like this. We'll maybe have, I hope we have the a Saints Colts can get into a Rams game like this. matchup. So this is what it is. And yet you're right. I moved up Aaron Donald in my MVP rankings. He's number three. He's a beast. Behind Breeze and Mahomes.
0: Let me, last point I'll make, and you guys can jump in with a final thought as well before we move on. But uh, if I, if you, if everything was on the line, I was gonna say your mortgages, but come on, your rents. We're on the line. Hall of Famers, okay? <laughs> wow. Ready? Patrick Mahomes. Just say yes or no. Yes. Jared yes. Goff.
2: Because of yes. Because of not just his talent, but because he's with Andy Reid. Okay. All
0: of that together, Jared yes. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley. Yes, they yes, got yes, Tyreek Hill. Yes. Yes. Travis Kelsey. Aaron yes. Donald. And Dominican Sue. Andrew Whitworth. This was a memorable game for a lot of reasons, but this is like Johnny v- Hecker. Johnny Hecker, who had averaged 55 and a half. Yards Already punt, the greatest punter of all time, in my opinion. More or less detonated uh, the Chiefs' chances on that last drive with a killer punt with the best punter returner couple. in the league uh, waiting back there. But this is a Samson so, There you go. <laughs> no. uh, another Hall of Famer, potentially. <laughs> but, but this is the greatest Monday night game of all time, is what I'm saying. Not just because of the hype, but the players on the field. People will talk about this game forever. It knocks out the
2: uh, Earl Campbell, Love You Blue Oilers game. Uh, With Howard Cosell going crazy as the best
1: Monday night ever, I think. I mean, and and if you're a team that like the New York Giants decides in next year's draft to take a running back over (laughs) a franchise quarterback, it's another reminder because we watched a lot of the New York Giants on these night games. And they aren't (laughs) one of these teams that are are part of the revolution right now. They've been left behind. Right. Sometimes the symbolism of the moment kind of meets
3: the actual entertainment of the moment. and that. That to me was this game. It wasn't just living up to the hype. It was that sort of dawning to a lot of people that this is what football's like now. And anyone complaining about the lack of defense can go eat it because football is about. Eat ev- what? Football's about evolution. Like, if they want the old type Ah! of football, hey, the the highest-scoring game is still from 1966. You know, a couple of the highest-scoring games are from the 60s. Football's always changing. Football is change. It'll change again, but this this is what it's looking like right now. And if you don't embrace the change, you get left behind like Jeff Fisher.
2: Yeah, my final point, Greg Cosell and Ron Jaworski have a book called Games That Change the Game, and it highlights about eight different classic NFL games because of the scheming and the innovation changed the way football is played. And the 1940 title game when the Bears came out with the T formation and won 73 to nothing, this game felt like innovation. And you either get on board or you're left behind because it's everything that came before this is going to be different than what's going to happen.
0: It was, it was present meeting future. Uh, there you go. So that's our recap of Monday Night Football. I wouldn't mind seeing those teams again. First weekend in February, but we'll see what the football gods have to say about that. Let's now turn our attention to Thursday uh, and talk about uh, the three Thanksgiving games, uh, tradition, uh, and, and we all love it. And we love to watch football. Mark Sessler. Absolutely. And Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal, and I'm Dan Hansis. That's the introduction of us. We had to get right into the game. (laughs) There's just too much to talk about. But let's move to Thursday. It's the start of week 12. The first game, as it always is, is played in Detroit. Uh, It's at Ford Field. It's the same place uh, where Third Eye Blind played a halftime show in 1999. It's the history (laughs) of Thanksgiving is on display. Uh, So here are the Bears, the team of around the NFL coming off their best one of the season, G- Sunday night. It's a, a bit of a, uh, a tough turnaround for the Bears here. Uh, now they get the, the Lions, and uh, Lions, Greg, who we don't know who they are week to week. So the Bears on a very short week, the Lions at home. Uh, the Bears going to keep it going here? I think they will, but
3: as we tape this, we don't know whether Mitch Trubisky is playing in this game. He suffered a shoulder injury on a late hit uh, from Harrison Smith. Matt Nagy was vague about his status on Tuesday. Didn't sound overly optimistic, but other people believe that that he will be able to play. You could have Chase Daniel starting. That changes things. And that certainly changes the complexion of a Bears team that otherwise, you know, is absolutely rolling on defense. That with Khalil Mack and just... Everything that they have going on, they have playmakers at every level of the defense with Hakeem Nix and Jackson playing so well at safety that you just have to figure the Lions are going to have a really hard time moving the ball without Kerryon Johnson and very likely without Marvin Jones in this game.
1: It's one of those weird instances. It's only the third time since 1970 where an 11 day span separates the last time. These two teams met, which which adds another wrinkle to it. But especially if the if Trubisky is out, I I look at what's happened to Matthew Stafford over the last game where he's been sacked on almost 34 percent of his when he's been pressured. I mean, they're getting to him. They're not just hurrying him, throwing him out of the pocket. They're taking him down. And this is the wrong defense for Detroit to deal with. And I I feel with Detroit and I haven't been inside that stadium. I I feel like it's got to be a bottom six, seven place Mm. to be intimidated by as a team. This is not going in. This is not what you dealt with last night in Los Angeles. And it's not what you deal with when you go
0: to Kansas city on the road. This is a milquetoast environment. By the way, shout out to the Los Angeles Coliseum crowd. The fact that you're even making that statement, which I believe I agree with, that was a, an electric atmosphere. Football works in L.A. when you have the right setup, and yesterday was.
1: Probably when you have one team. I mean, the big loser, there, Mexico City. They probably would have liked to see that game down there. but That's on them. But they get
0: they get <laughs> a game next year. It's already been announced.
2: Felt like the night that the Rams became L.A.'s team.
3: Yeah, this season's really helped. Between the first Thursday night game we were at and then to-
2: topping it and everything that's happened, you're absolutely right. The Bears are the only defense I trust this year, and I don't know if I'd trust them against the Chiefs, Saints, or Rams, but I certainly trust him in this game. Like you said, 11 days after a non competitive game in which they absolutely throttled the Lions. And now the downgrade from carry on Johnson to LeGarrette Blunt is massive. It can't be overstated. Blunt is averaging about two yards per carry, can't make anyone miss at age 32. And, and no Marvin Jones, so you're going out there with Kenny Galladay, who was fantastic and made some absolutely unbelievable plays last week. But who else behind him would the Bears even right. be scared of you're, you're putting Bruce Ellington in, and the, the one positive
3: is if it's Trubisky, who didn't play you know well, I would say, on, on Sunday night overall— whether it's a, a kind of a banged up Trubisky or Chase Daniel, the, the Bears seem more likely to play the style of game Detroit wants, which is kind of a close to the vest style. Detroit did just win a game pretty impressively. Stafford made key throws. Nice win for them. In that game. And they've been very good on Thanksgiving lately with Stafford. I think they've won five of six, if that means anything, which I, I don't really, other than that they have a good quarterback and that they're at home on a, on a short week. But I don't, I don't care if Chase Daniel starts or not, I'm still going to lock this game up uh, for the old Bears. Wow. And I was surprised the Lions are going to be favored if, if Chase Daniel starts mm-hmm. this game, which I
1: totally I think. locked the Bears up last week and I'm going to do something that Wes did earlier in the year. I'm going to follow in Greg's footsteps here, but follow in my own footsteps from a week ago. <laughs>
0: I do not even to. thought you're, about locks yet. I mean, you're riding with Greg, who's flirting with infamy at four and six. What
1: I like to do with the locks is not have them involved in my Sunday, at least before the show, because I get right. into a very, I'm very irate when I lose, so at least I can just <laughs> deal with that alone on Thanksgiving.
0: Khalil Mack is back to uh, what he was before the ankle injury, and that is, he is, he destroys game plans. He is that guy. I mean, Aaron Donald, I think his surge into the favorite for defensive player of the year. But Mac, maybe with a close, clo- uh, strong finish, I don't think you could rule him out either. He's he's a force.
3: No, and this Lions offensive line's been up and down, especially the right tackle Rick Wagner. So if you put Mac over there on him. They're gonna struggle, and meanwhile, like Kyle Long is out, has been out for a while, and we don't even notice. We haven't even mentioned it on the show. One of the best guards in football, and the Bears Bears are getting it done pr- pretty well.
1: I just don't feel like Chicago to the point of trusting their defense. One of the few that you can. They don't have big letdown games. Like the only one I can. Right. Their average margin of defeat is the second lowest in the league. Like they're not. They don't suddenly get wiped out by somebody, no, they, no they matter have, who they play. They've, they've had a pretty easy schedule. They've had the easiest,
3: oh, maybe the easiest schedule in football against opposing offenses. You know, the one quality offense. They played uh, the Patriots. Uh, they did a solid job. Not great. That that score was misleading because there was a def- special. But teams. the f- Lions up. on the flip side have beaten some good teams, but they've lost to some bad ones. So they're completely all over the they, map. They're so weird. I have a theory now why the Lions and Titans are so predictable. These these Patriots disciples, Belichick disciples, like they, they could come up with like a... They change so much week to week. Every once in a while, they hit on a home run game plan. That Battleship they, football. Right. Makes their team look good. It's like... You know, we we thought the the Panthers were such a lock last week that we wouldn't even have taken that as as a yeah. as a lock, and and they ended up winning that
0: game. Uh, let's move on to the second game. Uh, this is will be played uh, at Jarrow World, 4:30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. And yes, there's always a game in Dallas as well. And here are the Cowboys. All of a sudden, with two gritty road wins back to back against uh, 2017 playoff teams, uh, the Eagles and the Falcons, they're at five and five, and they get in their building the NFC East leader, Washington Redskins, Chris Wessling, who are six and four, and they got that game advantage. But now it's a team in transition on a short week because Alex Smith obviously out of the picture for God knows how long, perhaps for good. We hope not. Here's Colt McCoy stepping in on a short week to be the team's new leader and potential savior. Well, I've I've heard some sky is falling, like Redskins
2: season is collapsing analysis. And my opinion is this. The way Alex Smith has played this year, one of the range of outcomes for the Redskins is that they move the ball better with Colt McCoy than they did with Alex Smith, and especially the last six quarters of Alex Smith. Um, I don't think that's that's an outlandish statement. I think that Colt McCoy will probably be more aggressive. He'll probably turn it loose. He'll take more chances, so maybe he has more turnovers, but I think they'll also make more plays. That said, I think the Cowboys are the better team, and I think they'll show it, and I think they'll be tied for first place after this game.
0: This- I, I, I'm not... I want to feel the same way as you was because the Cowboys are the better team. They're at home. They're playing well right now, but I just don't trust them. Can't you also see them, like, laying an egg in this game? I think they're different since they got Amari
2: Cooper. Ezekiel Elliott, we've talked about that offense opening up, is averaging 170 yards from scrimmage per game. Um, They haven't used Cooper as much, but he's getting open. Dak Prescott's playing better. Their offensive line is playing better. And Leighton Vander Esch is a legitimate star.
1: Beast. I, I trust the Cowboys' ability to get to Colt McCoy, but Colt McCoy gives you what Alex Smith did, and he, and he he outplayed him when Colt McCoy came in in the last game. And I guess it's someone that you haven't you weren't prepared for, but you're not you wouldn't in theory be scared of Colt McCoy coming into a game. He was as mobile as Alex Smith and made better throws, generated touchdowns. Mm. I don't see it as a downgrade, but I don't. I think the Cowboys have been such a better team at home that this is they're inviting this matchup, and I wanted to lock up the Redskins and I can't do it. Mm. They the Cowboys though even
3: when they play the way they want to play, which I think they did in Atlanta, the the style of football they play, especially in today's NFL we're talking about. They're not they're not part of the revolution. I mean Jason no. Garrett is analog and uh, you know this is a digital league right now. Now, so are the Redskins, but the style that they play invites it, and their defense is good. What it's, invites what? Close invites games? close games, yeah. and the defense is good. But like every good defense in the NFL, they're not showstoppers. They had, they were given a twenty to nine lead in Atlanta. Go finish the game. No, you give up
2: two straight touchdowns. Well, you said Sunday that Atlanta's as good as any offense in the league. Right. Okay. They held them to nineteen points
3: or whatever. They, it was only eight possessions. Uh, and and one of them was a little lucky, and yeah, they had a chance to close the game out. Though there, were, there was a moment in that game, I stopped. And they said, "Hey, if you're a really good defense, let's stop the Falcons here." And they gave up two long drives uh, at the end of that game. And Garrett just feels like he almost wants to play these close games, and that's why when you know I looked at this game and I saw that. The Cowboys are heavy, heavy favorites in this game, Wait. And, it, and it seems like it seems like the people of the desert <laughs> Uh-oh. are giving you know the Redskins Get three the or four points out. from Alex Smith to Colt McCoy. And I don't buy that. Mark Take out your because this one he brainstormed. Mark Sessler is not naming his son after some guy who cost the team three <laughs> or four points. The Redskins are going to keep this game close. It should not be a two-score <laughs> game, and people are going to be making a raid on the Thanksgiving Day dinner table. Take out that money. But they don't have a roof?
2: Oh yeah. We can't kill his own. We can't kill his own segment. Take Think of that money. People gotta be
3: throwing those dollar bills on your turkey.
2: Have a little side
0: of dollar bills. Someone invite Pac-Man Jones. I'm the not studio. comfortable with that affectation, Greg. What did I say? Use your voice. It just the inflection was making me a little uncomfortable. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> we'll have to listen to it back. I that there you go so the Rainmaker's back in a big way. I'm, I'm glad, Greg. Yeah. I like you. Keep on getting. You want to distance yourself from all these different things. You just keep. I never getting, said it was you're like gone. In the spider West said web that. now. West
3: said that. <laughs> <laughs> I never said it was. Gone. I mean, after it's you. Gotta were-
0: be- so the Redskins are your rainmaker of the week. I'm it's sorry. a rainy season.
2: It's good to it's see rain- the rainmaker back after you <laughs> face planted last week. I mean, I like that you're not going to
0: be de- <laughs> we went, by we it. went one and one. What are the desert people saying? About we, went went and one. And one. we went one, one and one. one. We went one and one.
3: He brought it up. He brought up the Chargers. I said, "Let's make it rain." That that cash register. <laughs> that was he did go listening. one and one, but I think people everyone,
0: even Greg, was in agreement that. Perhaps to give the Rainmaker, really to establish the brand, you should go with one or show. You can't
3: control my segment. You got, you can do whatever you want. You're cheapening your brand, bro.
0: Yeah, We're trying to help you. How
2: could that be cheap? I'm not going to trust a guy with multiple Rainmakers.
0: <laughs> Mark is just silent. He seems to be judging you with his eyes. Um, I'm just waiting for this to play out. Feels like a CYA move. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to the final game. Unless anybody had another thought there? Good stuff. Good guys. Uh, I do like uh, the idea of Chase Daniel and Colt McCoy on Thanksgiving. Sorry, Mitch. The final Uh game. Uh, uh, It's the primetime game. It's on NBC. I I was told by a copy editor uh, that I respect and um, value his knowledge this week that even though it is on NBC, Collinsworth gets the night off. So Tirico gets a call. I guess Al gets the night off, too. Hmm. Does Colin McHugh get some reps here? I think he's doing it with
1: the entire pregame crew. Interesting.
0: Interesting. And it's the game, of course, is the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who are riding a two-game losing streak that's really put a big dent in their playoff hopes. Uh, They will travel to the Superdome to get the Saints, who are as playing as anyone... uh, Almost in years. yeah, They're at that level right now where they, they seem to be at a perfect point. If you're a Saints fan, your only fear is that they're peaking too soon, perhaps, Mark Sessler, because the Falcons, just like the Eagles last week, seem to have an uphill challenge here.
1: I'm not worried about them peaking too soon because I feel like what they have is what, what they've had all year and what they're going to have at the end of the year, too. And I think that the, the thing is, though, after what happened last night with the Rams, you have no wiggle room. You've got you cannot have a letdown here. And I, this to me is a game that essentially will put a knife into the Falcons and end their season if it wasn't already ended. Well, it's they, over for Atlanta and they they cannot keep up with the Saints in
2: this one. Well, they've been playing with a fork sticking out of their backs for a month. And I've decided I'm no longer going to allow Greg to call the Falcons one of the best offenses in the league or the <laughs> you Greg Hart Look, <laughs> It's like <laughs> one of the seven best. Yeah. That's, fair. It's That's like, fair. Oh, they got the best offense in the league. They have been held under 24 points in four of the last six weeks and the Saints averaged double that in the last three weeks. The Saints have already as many 40-point games in a season as anyone ever. With six games left. Yes. So stop saying the Falcons are on the same
3: level as the Saints. They're not. You're right. Okay. They're, they're about sixth or seventh in, in the league gotcha. and they have the league's worst defense Right now, according to football the worst. So not they're they're getting less possessions because their defense doesn't force any turnovers. They're giving up these long drives. Every Falcons game and Cowboys game is kind of like this too. Are very similar. It's, it's not many possessions. It's these long drives on both sides of the ball. I, I have no I, I have no idea what Atlanta can do in this game. Like the whole slow down the game idea doesn't work when the Saints are putting up seven points every time, because then you're tra- then you have to score seven. It's like the right. Bengals kind of slowed down the game. How'd that work out for them? It just didn't really matter. Thirty-five no, to seven t- and
1: a half. And you're not in in Drew Brees, twenty-five touchdowns, one pick. They're not. You're not going to get them to he- fall into one of these games where they give the ball over. And they are peaking in the sense that guys like Traquan Smith is now. Becoming a major factor week to week. Mark Ingram is still running well. Alvin Kamara is doing the same stuff he's always done. And their defense is giving up uh, less than 20 points per game. Well, that that's
3: where I don't think they are peaking necessarily because they're changing because of what you said about Traquan Smith, because of Kirkwood. I mean, you can't take Kirkwood out for Brandon Marshall. (laughs) No, you can't. Keith Kirkwood, I mean, I think you gotta keep developing, see how it goes. Tayson Hill is just like tickling Sean Payton's fancy. He's like waking up in the middle of the night. (laughs) He's like waking up in the middle of the night coming up with plays for him. And the defense, to your point, Mark, is getting much better. And I think if they can close out the season strong, and this is a very... Big, yeah, this is a tough test for them, uh, at least the defense. And they, they just they have to be looking forward to burying the Falcons I, on the love way it. to playing
0: a Super Bowl in Atlanta. What could be worse? They, yes, that you're First absolutely team. right. You know that, Greg, you went to college down there. This is a, a real nasty rivalry with the fans hate each other, uh, maybe a little under the radar for a lot of people. But it seems like to me with the Falcons, maybe, maybe Uh, because I want to talk myself into this being a fun game. I want to But listen. Daddy, by Thanksgiving night, it's now, you know, the sun's going down. I'm kicking back, relaxing. Maybe I'm going to throw back a few Tito's and and enjoy myself in this. The most American of all holidays. Uh, I want a game here. And part of me wonders if the uh, Falcons in like. Desperation. What do they call it? The cage dog game. The, oh, yeah. the injured dog I like game. I like. Well, I like a how you they. What they corner dog say. game. Corner you, dog you game. You came up with that. Thank you, Chris. Out of the cage. The corner dog game actually goes toe to toe, punch to punch. The good Falcons offense comes out because yes, they've been a little inconsistent, but three weeks ago they put up 38. They put up 34 two weeks before that. and Then they had a great run uh, through September into October. Maybe they can match scores. I don't think they win the game, but maybe we get another like 45-35 type game, like I, happened to the Rams and Saints?
1: I'm with you, but I look at the deep schedule for New Orleans, and what I'm looking for is the NFC title game, and I want that to be as competitive as possible. They close with the Panthers, Steelers, and Panthers, so you can't slip up here at home in a game that you should take. And they are coming. Er, everyone is in the afterglow of what happened last night, understandably, but it's easy to forget that the Saints put up 48 against the Super Bowl champions and allowed seven. They don't just go in and give up points. That 40 was a broken points. Eagles team, but I see your point. I, I don't care if they're broken. They, they, this is a broken Falcons team. Go lay it on them they, too.
3: The Saints are the rare team where he, I know you're, you know, you want this to be a competitive game. So do I, and I hope Matt Ryan pulls something out of his butt because it's going to be tough. He's <laughs> Wait, not, what? I don't know. I'm just saying. I hope he he plays. We keep saying he's he's playing better. First of all, he's not playing better than his MVPs. I don't need to. Thank hear, you. I don't need to hear that anymore. But he's he's playing very well.
2: And they're a top five or six offense. I'll give he's, you
3: that. He's playing really well because the offensive line isn't helping. They don't really trust their running game. But I think he could have a great night, hopefully, and make it interesting. But even if it's not by the third quarter, they, the Saints are the rare team. That still
0: got vodka. You're right.
3: When they blow teams out, I think they're entertaining just because – what other team has Camara and Thomas and the place is gonna be going it's crazy? Cool. They're like entertaining that, when they blow teams. Right. Out. That
1: Eagles game was not dull. It was no. the opposite of and it and the score was was ridiculous. All I want from
2: Greg is an acknowledgement that the Rams, Saints, and Chiefs are are on a different level than everyone else <laughs> offensively. Maybe the Colts are in there. Oh uh, wes. <laughs> uh, just like the Rams, Saints, and Chiefs are doing things that we haven't seen. Right, because the fifth best offense
1: means you're in a completely different tier than yes, what's above there you. There is yeah. a
2: huge gap between those three
3: I, and the rest. I think the I think the Steelers haven't been there, and the Patriots haven't been there, but they've shown signs. They they won a forty-three to forty game over Kansas City. They've shown signs, but they haven't been there. They but, could be there, but they haven't been. And there. maybe
2: even there's a gap between the Saints and the next two.
3: No. Really? Chiefs? Come well, they score every single time. This The Saints are on a run like we haven't seen.
2: And they I mean, get better as, every week. As good as and they're going to get, on the other side of the ball, at some point they're going to get Marcus Davenport back too. So they're going to get even better. The AFC feels like it has four or five good teams. But in the
3: NFC, I just want a Rams-Saints rematch. And it very oh, well might too. be in Los Angeles because of that schedule difference. The Rams really only have one tough game the rest of the season. It's very tough, though. It's in Chicago. But the Saints have three pretty tough That's games. That's why
1: I mean they don't—they have no wiggle room because you have to—you have to equal the record. And I don't think the Saints go into LA and win that Unlikely game. Unlikely to be a
0: trap game. Uh- To Mark's point next week, they go on a three game road trip, road trip. The Saints, they play better, obviously, on the road this year, Uh, undefeated, in fact. But uh, at Dallas, at Tampa, at Carolina, then home to Pittsburgh and home to Carolina. So you're right. There's probably a loss in there, at least maybe even two. And then that allows the Rams to potentially sneak in the back door. But they got to win twice.
3: The, the schedule got, makers got
0: lucky. All right. those
3: teams are playing each other. The Chargers are playing the, the Steelers. The Chargers are playing the Chiefs. The Patriots are playing the Steelers. It's like we got a nice little round well, round. Rams to have to in.
0: finish a game clear of the Saints because of the tiebreaker. Yeah, that's going to be hard to do. Though. Here's the Rams schedule. The Lions, the Bears, the Eagles, the Cardinals,
1: the 49ers. Right. They're not losing again. At Chicago. Maybe like, Chicago? I mean, at Chicago. at Chicago. We'll, game. Game. we'll see. We'll see. You can't just give that to them, right? It could be 213. 15-1 is not a crazy. Th- I don't see them dropping two games. The Rams, two 14, I mean, Rams going
0: 13-3? When's the last time there was two 14-2 teams in a conference?
1: I was just thinking...
2: This, this could be the outlier. This feels like the most confident I've ever been in November that we're going to have a great Super Bowl.
0: You just jinxed it. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> Let's clip that off. I'm right? trying to think of like the... <laughs> but it's 42-7. Well, to
3: seven. It's a fair point. Like, what would be the worst possible Super Bowl right now? Patriots. Texans, Bears. Sorry, team of ATL. I don't
2: know. Hey, keep the Bears out of this. How dare you? Texans.
0: The Patriots would be bad. Texans Nobody wants to see the Patriots back in there. Texan Seahawks. You don't even want the Patriots back. <laughs> I
3: have mixed feelings, but I definitely want to see them back. I don't Fresh have blood. I don't have a ton of confidence.
1: How about Redskins? Redskins, Titans. How about that Redskins, <laughs> Redskins Titans okay. rematch? <laughs>
0: Revenge for Alex Smith's injury. How dare you, J.J. Watt? All right. Thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back um, with our preview show of the rest of week 12 later this week. So, thank you to everyone that follows the show. And uh, if you don't hear from us before then, happy Thanksgiving to all you uh, U.S. listeners. We love you. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss, Dr. Rainmaker, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass.
2: Dr. Rainmaker.
0: <laughs> Till Wednesday. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time live life grander in the first ever toyota grand highlander learn more at toyota.com grand highlander
3: did you know that most salads travel over two thousand miles to reach your plate but not with 80 acres farms their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled going from farm to store in days not weeks they stay fresher for longer in your fridge my salad lasts all week long which means less food waste and easy meal planning oh and did i mention there's no need to wash these greens because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
0: This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery... Your project is our priority.
1: Find great brands like Monogram at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.